and welcome to Tones and Drones. I'm your host, Jason Miller, and on this program, I speak with musicians who work in the vast realm of ambient music. The tones that we're listening to right now and that began the podcast were created by Bill Vinsel. He is an ambient guitarist who composes and performs music under the name Chords of Orion. That's C-H-O-R-D-S. We'll talk about the origin of the name and many other things on this podcast. Bill's YouTube channel is is quite popular, and um, that's how I first discovered his music. And right now, you can just search Chords of Orion on YouTube and subscribe and and, uh, spend some time with uh, all the wonderful videos he has. His channel is part music education. He's really a fine music educator um, in the realm of ambient guitar and also music in general. And uh, also, it's very inspiring. He shares a lot about his life as a musician and an artist and his philosophy on uh, creativity and and productivity as well. He's very prolific and uh, very encouraging, too. Um, I just watched a recent video where he talks about his... um, musical goals for this new year and also inspires his uh, his audience to create goals too and encourage one another and uh, I really admire that about about the tone of, of of his videos and so I discovered his videos um, I would say probably about a year or so ago maybe a year and a half ago probably and um, I really enjoy when new ones are posted and uh you can uh, you can visit his YouTube channel, and you can you can not just again like learn about music, but he also shows a lot of the the gear that he uses, and uh, and he creates music, and and also shares tips to be able to inspire his audience to create music, and um, he has uh, wonderful albums too. There on his uh, Bandcamp site, you can visit uh, chordsoforion.bandcamp.com, and he's on some other platforms too, and, and we'll talk about that. And um, so I hope that you enjoy our talk. Um, uh, it's uh, ambient guitarist out there. I, I, I know that you are going to enjoy this and also other musicians that work in these realms. I know you're going to enjoy it too because um, uh, Bill is, uh, is, really, is, is really a wonderful guy. And, um, and it was so uh, honored to be able to, uh, to talk to him after uh, watching him and listening to his music for, for some time now. So... Um, Coming up next on the program, my interview with Bill Vinsel, Chords of Orion, here on Tones and Drones. Uh, first, uh, uh, before we get deeper into the conversation, um, Bill, thanks for being on Tones and Drones. I appreciate this. Oh, you're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. 
Um, and and uh, one of the things that uh, I wanted to start off with, I was trying to really kind of find a way to start off with because I like the conversations kind of develop naturally, but I was just approaching it from like how I discovered your music and I discovered your music on YouTube. And so, and so um, I, I kind of wanted to start, start there um, because we're going to be talking about your music and where people can listen to it. But I just kind of want to start at YouTube first. And, and my question is, um, is uh, how, how did you go? How did you go from, how did you get into YouTube for, for your music? And, and did you have a, another place you were making music and distributing it first before you got into producing video? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my, my, I could, I could tell you a really long story, but I won't bother with the long version, but the short version is that when I was younger, say college age, um, I played in an old school prog rock band and I did that for about 15 years or so. And, um, and we were kind of a regional band and, we eventually kind of, we eventually disbanded because several of us had gotten married and had kids and we weren't making, we were making a little bit of money, but you know, not enough to support ourselves on. So I actually kind of transitioned to, uh, I wouldn't, I didn't stop being a musician, but I transitioned to the more usual career marriage children kind of dynamic. Yeah. And as I got older, um, I, I began to realize, you know, if I don't really get back into things, I'm going to run out of runway in my life, right? Yeah. In terms of recording and producing music, which I had done a lot of in the 70s through the 80s into the early 90s with that band. And we did a lot of recording, analog, obviously, tape-based recording. Yeah. So I started kind of re-engaging with audio recording, made the transition to digital, eventually released a solo acoustic guitar album in 2008. And it didn't, you know, I sold a few CDs. And, uh, but anyhow, come, come about to 2012 or so, and I was really thinking, I got to figure out a way to ramp this up and do more. And I actually ended up taking an online music marketing course. And that actually answered a lot of questions for me. And one of the, one of the, or one of the things in it was, you know, it, this really isn't just about the music, it's about building an audience. And in order to build an audience, you need to create other types of content that people might be interested in with which you can then introduce your music to them. And the, uh, the person that did the um, course suggested many things, but one was YouTube. So uh, September 1st, 2013, I started the YouTube channel and started posting content. So that's kind of how I got into it. I, yeah. it, it started out I say merely, but strictly maybe is a better word. It was really envisioned to be a way to market the music. Right. But I think as I've gotten more into it, I've realized that the YouTube content really is part, I view it now more holistically as part of, part of my artistic output. Yeah. Um, 
So it's kind of me holistically as a musician. Well, one of the things, you know, just saying that about it, one of the things about about Chords of Orion and, and watching you on YouTube is that um, whenever you're showing some, a technique or when you're showing gear mm-hmm. and you use titles, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to a song by you. I mean, I like how you have an uninterrupted piece of music and I can read that about the gear. But I mean, there's been times when I've just, I've, I've uh, listened to your songs again when you have the titles. I've been, I watch, I'm reading the titles and the next time I have my phone down, I just listen to your song. You know what I mean? So it's like, right. I'll, it, and I just, I like how you do that because you, you don't interrupt, oh, the, you don't interrupt the music um, whenever you're, you're, you know, demonstrating a technique or, or a piece of, a piece of gear, a pedal, et cetera. Yeah, that's a, that, that, that's a little more recent for me. Um, and it does not, it's not meant to take place of the more tutorial dynamic of some of my videos where right. I really want to talk about a technique or a piece of gear. But you're right. I, and it, part, part of my goal with the channel is not to stop playing music. Like, I don't want to become an ambient guitar pedal channel. That's certainly part of the equation. Sure. Um, no doubt. The gear is part of the equation. But I never, even with that channel, I never want to leave the music. So I generally, not every single week, but I generally try to post a piece of music every week on the channel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, no, and, 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 uh, and yeah, I've always appreciate how you do that. And, 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 and one thing about it too, um, well, you know, the gear, I mean, it's like in the nature of, of playing ambient music is you have, you need your effects. Uh, so the gear has to be there in some way and people are curious about creating those tones and those sounds for themselves. But I, I'd seen, uh, the video where you posted some audio of the, the prog rock band that you were in, mm. um, what was their name again? The group to tell us T-E-T-E-L-E-S-T-A-I. It's a Greek word from actually the gospel of John in the new Testament. It's the last words of Christ on the cross. It is right. finished. That is finished. the Greek word for that phrase. Wow. Yeah. So that, that was, yeah, that was the name of the band. Um, Chords of Orion. I'd heard you on other podcasts and I, I, I had to ask you the story for anybody listening now. Chords of Orion has a biblical reference in it. Correct. That is correct. So okay. if you're in the Old Testament, you may remember the story of Job, sure. the rich guy. Well, he's a wealthy guy that had everything taken from him and then has a lot. It's a very long book and it's very difficult to read, but long running conversation with other people. At the very end, he has a conversation with God. And God basically says to him, Job, who do you think I am? Really? I'm God, you're not. And it's not, a, it, it's not presented as cruel or anything like that, but it's just an, a, a recognition of who God really is. And in that discussion, God says, who has, uh, who essentially, who created the Pleiades constellation and who has loosed the cords of Orion? Now, in the Bible, that is C-O-R-D-S or like a rope. Sure. But um, I just changed it to C H O R D S for the guitar chord. Yeah, it's nice and so it's and kind of a play on words. It's a play there. on it's a play on words, and I mean, ambient and the stars go together. And there you go. Ways. Yeah, I kind mean, of. You know, as I was thinking, it's like, oh, I like that. You know, because there's visuals there, and and mm-hmm. space is a common visual to it. So, yeah. so how did you go from? Uh, what was your transition from? 
from from progressive rock styles into slower music and 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 ambient or or slower music or however you say how did you transition from from that i mean because it seems like it seems like uh ambient music can be it's been around long enough for people to start in in the style i think at this point but then what was the progression well pun intended what was the progression to get to ambient from progressive well let me just tell tell you that ambient music has been around for a long time it's been around for centuries actually because Mm -hmm. ambient music is really background music right and eric satier um really kind of in a more modern sense, kind of created what he called furniture music. And um, a lot of the more modern, quote, ambient musicians kind of hearken from that kind of heritage. So as you think about Brian Eno, Robert Fripp, or some other ones. So there's there's um, there's actually a fairly close relationship between Prague slash fusion slash jazz and ambient music. So when I was a high school, high schooler in the 70s and then college through that time and then beyond, um, there are a lot of musicians that we would might might call ambient musicians today that perhaps in earlier times would have been lumped in with Prague or perhaps New Age music. Sure. Um, sure. So I've when I <laughs> when I became the, aware of the phrase ambient guitar, that was about 2012. Sure. And I had heard a couple of guitarists. My one of my daughters had asked me to listen to a group in which um, a guitarist named Andy Othling, who performs as lowercase noises. Yeah. Um, lowercase noises. Yeah. Yeah, he was a guitar player. So I kind of. I didn't really like the music of the band he was touring with. I mean, it was okay, but it didn't blow me away. But I started listening to his, you know, I was exploring the members of the band. And I, so I went to his stuff and I thought, oh, wait a minute. He's playing guitar that I've been doing for the last 35 years. Cool. (laughs) So, yeah, I, you know, I've been using volume. I've been doing volume pedal swells since I was probably about 16 which would be in the mid seventies. Um, I've been using lots of delay and reverb techniques throughout the seventies into the early eighties with, with the band I played in. So that for me, this is just a progression from approaching it more in a band format to more of a solo format. Yeah. And, and, and well, it lends itself that way easier too as a music because it just by the nature of the, produ- the production of it, you don't have to have an ensemble and right. rehearse with people and, and things of that nature. Yeah. And right, right. And I, and I mentioned that, you know, I pers- I kind of went down the full-time career path and that's still where I am. I'm not a full-time musician. So the solo guitar route has allowed me to create in a fashion that I can actually do and finish projects. Yeah, you know, do, doing a band thing is not where my life is right now. I'm not sure that it ever will be again. But if it is, cool. But, um, yeah. you know, that's that's one of the things I've learned too through this experience is to, as a musician, to to learn how how to create within the constraints of your life. Yeah, you know, I used to have big 
big plans for, you know, symphonic arrangements and things like that. And I can't do, I, I can't do that and succeed. So kind of making it smaller, more contained in the scope of what the work is, is has been a big part of what I've really learned in the last, I would say, 10 years or so. And it's really kind of tra transformed the way I think about my art. What, what, more, putting, more so yeah. more so than the guitar techniques. More so than the guitar techniques, because the yeah. philosophy of the way you present things, um, I, I I really I really admire that. And 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 there's just been different ones that you've that you've you've shared with mm. with your your listeners and viewers. Well, with ambient music for me, when I there was a point early on producing it where one of the great things about it is that I could do it all in headphones. So when oh, my when yeah. my daughter when my daughter was born and I'm staying up late to do the next feeding, I could be in there tweaking on Adobe yeah. Audition and be in headphones and the keyboards could go in with without being played through a speaker. The guitars could go in. Yep. And I, at that point in time, I wasn't using any acoustic instruments. I use a few things that have to be mic now, but then I wasn't. So everything was in the headphones. I yeah. had monitors, but I rarely <laughs> took the headphones out of the monitors. Because I figure a lot of people probably listen to ambient music in headphones anyway, right? So it, it was it would, could be done at times that wouldn't be conducive if you were playing through an amp or if you were playing brass, sure. practicing for a band, you know. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it had that that quality, and uh, but but it, it, it as your um uh your your workflow or your productivity of it, what are some things that you did to while maintaining a full-time job and a family and, and uh, raising children, um, what were some things that you set for yourself to still be able to, um, to produce music, play music, and, and even practice music? Yeah, so <clears throat> before Chords of Orion, the, I would say about the best I could do was just try to practice every day. So I learned how to play guitar, acoustic guitar with, uh, little kids climbing on my back and stuff and mm. still you know it's not a great thing you know well the kids were great I love my kids and they're they're largely grown up now but um, but being able to keep the skill set you know the the chops and the skills up was about all I could do as the kids got a little bit older then I did have a little bit more time in the evenings and things like that and that's when I started really thinking oh I need to start working on the the uh, kind of ramping things back up but as far as how do you how do you put it together I, I actually have done a couple of videos recently about finding time so I think there's a couple things to think about yeah for anybody who might be listening who is a musician part-time musician and one is to really take a hard um hard look at how you're spending your time and kind of think about the priorities priorities of your life and make sure that the time that you're allocating matches your priorities so where does your art fit into the overall priorities you know i i've been married now for a long long time and I love my wife and I, I think she still loves me. At least she says she does. <laughs> so no, no, we, we got it. We're, we're pretty solid, but, um, but that's up there, right? That's a very high priority for me. So I got to make time for that. Um, but what are the other things? And so I have talked to people over the years, you know, I don't have time. And when I ask them, they'll yeah. say, well, yeah. I spend three or four hours a day playing video games yeah. and, there's nothing wrong with playing video games. Yeah. 
But if you're saying that your priority is one thing, but you're spending your time doing another, then I would have to ask, is that really that important to you? Or is it just a fond kind of romantic dream that you might have versus something that you really want to accomplish? So that's number one. And then number two is, uh, without getting too long-winded, number two would be um, create projects for yourself that you actually can complete. So um, yeah. if I can give you yeah. one more quick example from my experience, yeah, sure. sh- uh, shortly after I started the YouTube channel in 2013, I wanted to uh, release a new album. And so what I decided to do was uh, create guardrails around what the album was going to be. So I, th- I thought, okay, I'm going to do an album where I'm going to do a drone track, like some kind of low drone I'm going to have one electric guitar track and that'll be like volume swells or Ebo. If you, if you, if, if you guys know what an Ebo is or whatever, I, I hope they're, they know what the Ebo. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Um, and then either what, if needed one other guitar track and maybe acoustic. And then not only that, um, another, uh, another limit that I put on the project was I wasn't going to write anything new. I was going to, do simple arrangements of public domain folk songs or old hymns. Right. And then the third thing I set for myself was I was going to do this album in 10 weeks, 10 yeah. songs in 10 weeks. So I was going to record the song. And then since I had the YouTube video, do a simple video, not of me performing, but just like some kind of background video and this release it on to YouTube. And so I did that and I actually did do it in 10 weeks and it taught me a ton about getting stuff done quickly, even when it wasn't ideal. And that's the other thing. A lot of people are, um, can be perfectionists and that's great. But what seems like in many cases, what seems like major issues or errors in your performance or whatever nobody notices or even knows. So understanding that people don't perceive your music like you do, they perceive it a lot less critically than you do is uh, I think that's also important to getting things done. Otherwise you get into the, to the cycle of trying to get everything perfect and it will never be perfect. No, it's yeah. There's a, there's a quote that, that I always butcher from George Lucas that he has this quote where like art is not really, it's, it's not ever finished. It's just released basically. Like you have to let it go and let it go out there. Exactly. Of course, he's a person that took all our stuff and tweaked it again, but, but that quote, it it makes sense. Well, I remember watching and I, I don't want to reference a bunch of your videos because I, I rather people just search Chords of Orion on YouTube and just if you if you haven't subscribed to Bill's channel, go there. But in 2019, when you said when you released the um, when you told the listeners that you can make an EP with five songs in six weeks. Mm-hmm. And I watched that one and you you laid out those different like you spoke about in a very succinct manner. And I really liked your active voice. That was very inspiring that you will be able to do this. And and uh and I hope that you got a good response from that because it really made it 
it made it very structured where if somebody was saying, uh, I haven't played music in a while, I'm too busy, you know, work's been too hectic. I really want to get picked this up, but I just, I can't for some reason, it sort right. of made it in a way where it seemed approachable because it didn't seem like, um, it seemed, you know, you could think about it over six weeks. Okay, that's a month and a half there. And then you had your um, parameters on there that made it seem uh, not overly complicated. I guess is a way to say it. I kind of looked at right. it that way. Not overly complicated. You got the same pedal boards. You got a drone going, two tracks. I just say two tracks. Right. Yeah. Those are all uh, part of the guardrails or the limits of the project, right? You got to yeah. pick the parameters of the project and then not let it uh, spin out of control into something more elaborate. Yeah. And that way, that way you have a better chance of just motoring through you know what you're going to do. You can be very creative within those uh, boundaries, so to speak. Um, there was a video where you were talking about uh, about about that setting time and prioritizing, and and mm -hmm. and you had made a, a comment that was saying about like, and I think this is important for people that are making music, especially if you are uh, part time or as a hobby. Um, etc. It's like owning that you're a musician, like owning that. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think I talked about your identity. If yeah, I your identity. Exactly. Thank you. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, so who who are you? I am a father. I am a husband. I am a software engineer. I am X, Y, and Z. But I am a musician. I'm not pretending to be a musician. I actually am a musician. And just because I have a job that provides the bulk of my income to feed my family, that doesn't make me less of a musician. It does not make me less of an artist. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. part of it. Get your head wrapped around who you are. I think it's so, so important. You know, we, we live in a culture that is questioning identity um, on a number of different fronts, right? If you think sure. about what's been in the news, what's in politics, you know, what's whatever. And people are, I think people are struggling to, many people are struggling to know themselves. And I think that's one thing we as musicians can really benefit from is sitting down and evaluating who am I? Yeah regardless of the answer, right? Regardless of what you come up with, but knowing that answer is really important. Yeah, regardless of the answer exactly, or regardless of the style or, or how often you- Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. How, yeah. if it's just a hobby or if it, if it's, it brings in right. some income. Yeah, exactly. I just that really, I, that just really, the way you put it was really succinct that I really appreciated, appreciated that and, and, mm -hmm. and you speaking it that way. Um, a question, uh, I had some questions about, about kind of a little bit the minutia of the music. So um, when you, you just talked about your, your parameters that you had for, for producing an album and you had your 10 week set and mm -hmm. you talk about sometime using the, the about hymns and, and uh, traditional songs. And then you actually even were had stairway to heaven in your head in one video. And oh, yeah, I appreciate yeah, yeah. that. And <clears throat> that is a technique that I'd never thought of. So you're basing it in a sense of the word that it's going through your head can you explain that? Cause like that aspect of composition, cause I found it fascinating because you could easily, you know, I mean, I've done a few things before where I've used chord progressions and I've just taken the root notes and I've made like lines on the root notes. I did that before, mm -hmm. but, but you're working it by actually being inspired by a piece of music, but not playing a necessary, a version of it. 
Right. On the Stairway to Heaven video, I I haven't looked at that one for a bit, but if I recall, I believe the premise was, hey, I'm going to do this song and not get a copyright strike from YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and I did I did this a while ago with Sweet Home Alabama. Len, oh, wow. Lanyard's lanyard skinyard yeah right right so i did i did something <laughs> similar with that one too and uh, youtube didn't catch either one so it was like sweet yeah. but i think the basic <laughs> idea is um more more fully i do i i think it's a really great technique for any musician to use music that inspires them and not necessarily try to copy it like I'm not disciplined enough as a musician, and I know it drove some of my bandmates crazy when we did mostly original music, but we did do the occasional cover, mm -hmm. and I never, ever learned the covers verbatim. Me neither. No, I just couldn't do it. I, it's, I can't, no. I, don't, I don't think I have it, it in me. Yeah, so, me but what I do love to do is just roll around the song in my head until it kind of gets ingrained into my thought and then see what comes out and that that was kind of that was part of the point of the stairway to heaven video was yeah i think i even mentioned in the video i listened to this thing for you know I, umpteen times or whatever until um until it, it was like an earworm right i couldn't get it out of my head and then that allows you to kind of play inspired by even if you're not trying to do uh, a straight on cover yeah the ambient guitar version of stairway or something like that yeah, yeah. and i, I kind of focused on a couple of the motifs um in the song and then improvised around those more than Yeah, I mean, and, and by the nature of, of the music slowing things down, you can slow stuff down to a point where it becomes That is something a great else, thing, too. You if know? you can't play the solo as is, just slow it down by a factor of 10. 
And all of a sudden it gets really easy. Yeah, it does. It does. It, <laughs> it does. Pitching things down and slowing things down, working in spacious music is That's as, awesome. as part of the composition. Yes. Uh, you know, you turn it to half speed or whatever, right? right. It's a whole nother mm-hmm. song again. Um, yeah. The uh, uh, also too, um, it, 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 as far as the music is concerned, um, mm-hmm. Your, your use of effects, uh, people that watch the channel and your use of effects and, and pedals. So um, so you have a quite elaborate pedal collection at this point, gathered a lot of different ones. And mm-hmm. um, what uh, what are your um, what are your overall favorite effects? Like, what would you say without you don't have to go into the detailed actual pedals, but what are your favorite ones that you find you're able to to just start creating with easily? So the core of what I do from an equipment perspective without getting lost in brands and models, because I personally don't think it matters. But if we we think about the types of effects uh, beyond, well, uh, let's talk about the guitar first. One of the things that I've really transitioned to in the last five or six years is moving from standard guitar to baritone guitar, because I think it really favors solo guitar playing. Um, so beyond that, though, as you get into effects, um, compressor is very important to me because it allows you better control of the dynamic range of the guitar. Okay. And it, um, it increases the natural sustain of the guitar, which is great for volume swells and long, languorous lines. Um, I would... I would also say a low gain, a lower gain distortion pedal. I'm not a metal player and all do all respect to metal guys and gals, okay. but I don't use the higher gain. I don't typically use higher gain distortion pedals. I'll use lower gain, a volume pedal, extremely important for me. I would say that's a critical next to the guitar that's probably the next most critical element for controlling the envelope of the guitar note itself so i think about the use of the volume pedal probably in much the way a pedal steel player might think of the use of the volume pedal in creating the overall envelope of the notes of the the piece or whatever Um, and then delay pedal uh, and for me, stereo, I like to run in stereo. So stereo delay pedal, it's very important. Beyond that, everything else is optional. Okay. Like rever- even reverb pedals, I didn't really start using them until three or four years ago. Um, so they're, uh, to me, they're optional. I do use them and yeah. fairly frequently, but they're not core to me. Do you, do you put the spacious quality in your music like in post then a lot of times? the like the the environment if you know not saying it reverb but also could be like the ambiance of the music since a lot of reverb yeah sometimes right yeah sometimes what i'll do is uh stack delay pedals so i have more than one type of delay going at a time and i actually learned that technique uh from alan holdsworth who's uh may he rest in peace who's uh was a jazz player that passed away a few years ago few uh, more of a fusion kind of player and uh he used some yamaha equipment that used multiple delay lines and uh, i actually i have one of the his signature pedals from way back when Um, but that really taught me a lot about um 
stacking delays to achieve much more spacious and ambient types of sounds without necessarily using reverb. Reverberation. Okay. Okay. You're kind of building a reverb in a way, I guess, right? You're building yeah, delays yeah. in a space. Exactly. I've got a couple I've got a couple of videos on stacking delays that I think are uh, that kind of demonstrate some of the ways I think about those things. And, and um, I, I, I like the sound of the baritone guitar and, and, and seeing you play that. For, for those that aren't familiar with it, the difference between the standard guitar, if you want to say a tenor guitar and the baritone guitar, um, it, it's uh, so, I mean, there's more resonant because there's a lower voice, but um, what other differences are, are, is it tuned differently than the standard guitar? You have different uh, mm -hmm. chord shapes, chordal shapes. So you can, there's a variety of different, possibilities for tuning a baritone guitar but you can but basically i would i usually describe it as being tuned halfway between a bass and the standard guitar okay so for me i think uh, the the typical tuning is what i call baritone standard which okay. instead of e to e like you know e a d g b e it's it's b to b so everything is tuned to perfect fourth lower yeah. Okay. And of course you can do alternate tunings from there. So you can do the, like a baritone version of dadgad or drop D. Of course it's going to be drop C. <laughs> right. You know, uh, low, low. Really or, low. Sure. Uh, actually, no, not drop C, drop A. Drop A. Okay. Yeah, so. Wrong way. Okay. Uh, yeah. Drop A, you're like really low. Um, but yeah, so that's one aspect. The other aspect of baritone guitar besides the lower register, of the instrument is the scale length. So a typical regular standard guitar, if you're a Gibson player, that's, you probably know that's 24 and three quarter inch scale length. If you're a Stratocaster player, that's a 25 and a half inch. A baritone guitar, really the minimum scale length that is workable to me is 27 inches. Okay. And most of mine are closer to 28 inches. Okay. Um, so one of the things I like about that is it forces you to rethink in some cases how you uh, create your chord shapes, the chord inversions, the relationships between the notes. So um, I really like that a lot. Yeah, and yeah, and it, it, uh, there, I've learned a lot too about uh, about the chordal shapes, about partial chords and ambient music, and and mm -hmm. kind of getting yourself away from the typical chord shapes to be able to create right the right type of sound. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and uh, and you still use the acoustic because acoustic can have a quality that fits the aesthetic of of that music too. And and that is true. You're not afraid to put pick up the acoustic guitar. Um, yep. That's that just kind. Of, I get is that something that kind of carries over from when you were playing more guitar early on after the band, and you were going more to the acoustic guitar at that time, and you still keep them around. To yeah, I've always played acoustic and electric together. So yeah, uh, after the band days, I did shift more towards acoustic away from electric. Easier to pick up and play, you know, with kids around the house. Um, yeah. But I would say that my picking style in particular on acoustic or electric is heavily influenced by a bluegrass player named Norman Blake that I have loved since I was 15 years old. And um, if you watch you watch the way I play um, in terms of flat picking, you'll see that it, it's very influenced by Norman Blake, <laughs> even though the music is not bluegrass. It's that, but it's still okay. Sure. And uh, it's, what, other, what other styles on acoustic do you like? 
bluegrass? Uh, I, I do love to play bluegrass. I play uh, Celtic and finger style. Yeah. Um, and then, um, I don't know, I've called general flat picking yeah. kind of styles. Yeah. The, um, with, uh, right now with your, um, your production, your production output, mm -hmm. what, uh, what are you kind of working off now as far as like um, how much content you try to put out in a week uh, on YouTube and and then um, and you have a recent album out too so we'll talk about that too um, and uh, and your album what are some of your what are your goals right now about about your content that you like to, to release and, and, and produce yeah so again I try to view the the YouTube activity as an integral part of my artistic output so um, in general, on my main YouTube channel, I generally shoot for two videos a week. And one of them is typically just gonna be a performance piece with or without textual explanation on the screen, just me playing with no words. Uh, this week will probably only be one and probably next week just because of the holidays, but that, you know, that's cool. Um, and then I do have a second YouTube channel um, where I post long form yes. uh, music pieces. Um, and I try, and my goal there is to do one piece a week. And I release that on Sunday afternoons. Yeah, now see that right there, that's another, that kind of leads me to a question of, uh, a question that I've, that I've been asking on, on this, on the show. Mm -hmm. um, in those long form, more relaxing and meditative pieces, what are your thoughts on on the benefits um, the benefits of ambient music? And and I mean that um, like personally for you creating it, and then also in a sense of of what you feel the benefits are to you know whatever you want to say your audience, the world, and 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 itself. Yeah, that's a great question. So. Um... For me personally, as I think about the benefits of amp, this may be a place where you want to edit out. I'm pulling up a, a website here I want to reference in my answer. Oh, no problem at all. So let me. Uh, I just pulled up Bandcamp so I could uh, just see the discography more on. Because I mean, like, and, and we'll we'll kind of go off a little bit. I mean, because because ambient music. I mean, I found myself listening to more ambient, following more artists uh, that 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 I that I, I like to listen to and think to during the pandemic yeah. because it was more calm. But anyway, sure. I'm sorry. I, no, 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 that's good. Uh, I just wanted to pull up. Um, I wanted to pull up a, a site that I want to reference in just a moment. So sure. Uh, so if we get back to like the script, so uh, let me see where was I going to pick up. So, yeah, so, so one, two, three. So, as, you know, yeah, as I think about the benefits of ambient music, I guess first I think about for me personally, I really enjoy the style, uh, both listening to it and playing it. Um, I don't strictly listen to ambient music, but I do listen to it. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy playing it. And I think... Um, a good example for me of the benefits to me would be the song off of my latest album, Anodyne. The last song is called Sleep, Sleep, Beauty, Bright, and it's 31 or two minutes long, something like that. Yeah. And I distinctly remember the night I 
recorded that, um, I came down to the studio, had a couple of ideas of what I wanted to do. And I literally just turned on, I used Logic. Uh, so I set Logic up to record uh, after I'd gotten the tune I wanted and I started playing and I really got lost in the whole process. So for me, that was almost a spiritual experience. And I very much view, and to be honest, I don't, I do care, but in hopefully in a non, uh, non prideful way, in, in some ways, I don't really care if anybody else really likes that song. To me, it's one of my absolute favorite recordings because I remember what the performance and how I felt when I was performing it. Um, and after I got done that performance, I played it back and I was kind of astounded to realize that from my perspective, I didn't make any mistakes for over 30 minutes. So that's a bit, to me, that's a benefit is the, the artistic enjoyment of performing and recording ambient music. So I'll just bring that up as, as an example. Um, one of the other benefits, as I think about listening to it, again, this is for me, I, I mentioned I'm a software engineer. And so having music over the years of doing that, having longer form music, whether it was ambient or symphonic music or things like that, has been part of my experience in programming and creating software. So having this long form music going on in the background and creating a, a sonic backdrop of a mood of a, you know, kind of a, an atmosphere of concentration has been something that I've always enjoyed. And the, uh, uh, I'll put a plug in for one band that I really enjoy that I'm sure you're familiar with, and that's Hammock. Right. Sure. And um, I really appreciate the album that they did last year called Undercurrents, where they released one song a month. Um, and each song was, I think I'm looking at it here. I think the shortest song is 11 minutes. The longest is 25, 26 minutes long. And I think that's a great example of an album that I, I wouldn't even call it all ambient music in the sense of typical ambient style some of it is more like post-rock which is kind of where hammock comes from in their background which is totally cool but that's a great example of a set of music that um, will take you through a lot of different moods and uh, sonic backdrops for different types of thinking if that makes sense i don't want to make it sound too woo woo i'm not <laughs> oh, no, Bill, I don't think I'm not so a conspiracy all. theory kind no, of guy, but no. you know what I mean? I, no. you know, I, th but I do, you know, I, I'm a musician. So I think music can be very profound in our thinking, in our, in our in intellect, in our emotions and in our spirits. Yeah. And so as you put that together, that's a, that's a good example of a, I think a band that understands how to do that very well and lead a, a listener through that journey. Yeah, no, Bill. I, I no, I, 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 I do understand because it 
and and there's something just even basic about instrumental music because like if there's lyrics for me or words that kind of draws me out of the concentration sometime of of what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so th- there's a simple power about instrumental music that it allows you to be able to to think, to focus on something at work if you're able to work you know, on a computer where you have headphones on or you're reading that there's something profound about that too. And, and special, um, that, uh, that, um, it can, it can be there in the background and kind of take you on this journey with as Brian, Eno always kind of would talk about as much attention as you want to give it or as least attention that, you know, is, yeah, as, as you want to give exactly. it, exactly. you yeah. know, that the best ambient music is like that. You can let it go and to where it's barely noticeable, or if you want to immerse yourself in it and kind of plumb the depths of what it's doing, you can do that too. And it yeah. works either way. Yeah, it, it works. Yeah, it works either way. It, it, uh, I have a friend of mine who, who works in a, like a purely kind of, I was just going to say drones where there, there aren't a lot of things. Sometimes it's just like one note. And if you focus a lot, you notice that, that it's not just some pure sine wave. It's like there's fluctuations and there's different things that you hear in the one note or one chord. Yeah, that's exactly right. That you there, can listen to and hear and focus mm-hmm. on. I, the other thing I think the benefit of ambient music, as, uh, as we think about our culture right now, I can only speak for American culture. Um, our American culture is full of anxiety. It's full of not peace. It's full of not joy. Mm-hmm. It's full of anger. Um, and I think from my perspective, I don't want to... I don't want to create music that reflects those aspects of our culture. I want to create music that can help heal our culture in a sense. And that, and that's why I called my last album anodyne, which means painkiller. one of the meanings of that word and that's really what it was meant to be um, was to be a few moments of peace um, in in a culture that is not experiencing very much peace right now yeah yeah no uh, it no it, it uh no well 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 said and and during the the pandemic um uh watching you during the pandemic and uh and you know um Okay, so you know during that time, you're uh, and and people can go back and they can can watch some of your videos during that time. But um, mm-hmm. you know, it's like um, 
how was that how was that affecting if this is the right way to put it how was that affecting the the music that you were doing and in, in those times and the videos that you were putting was there anything particular that um you thought about um whenever you were you know still able to still able to to put out videos and still be able to make music it's just you're making it in a setting that is really throwing a lot of people off Mm-hmm. In, a, in a lot of different a lot of different ways and you and you obviously knew that your audience was being affected in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, I don't know i don't know if the pandemic directly affected anything in particular with the music um you know i've tried to let the music kind of reflect what is going on in, in my life um uh, for example a couple of years ago one of my close friends one of my band collaborators passed away and so I wrote a couple of pieces for him that are posted on the channel and also did um, did a, a kind of a, not an obituary, but just a remembrance of him on the channel. Um, so I try to do things like that. I, the pandemic, um, I think it's probably more just to say, let's look beyond that, uh, you know, many younger people haven't lived through, um, you know, I've got my youngest kids, this is their first experience living through a crisis in our country. And they, they, so it was a new experience for them. I, I have lived through a few, both in the country. I'm old enough that I lived through a few. I remember 1968 quite well. And some of the issues that were going on then, um, you know, I was a kid then, not an adult. I'm not that old. But, um, and then, you know, when you're married for, uh, you know, several decades with, with your lady and you're raising a family and, um, and there's, there's always family crises that come into, to the mix. Every family has, tragedies right that occur and so we like every other family we've had a few and i think some of my sensibility about art reflects some of that personal experience over the decades also so maybe maybe that's with a pandemic maybe it's just kind of bringing that my life experience to the kind of to the table i also yeah. think that people worry a lot about dying mm-hmm. um you know, when you have a pandemic, it's brought out a lot of fear. I've, I've read that. I've seen that. And, um, you know, I, I'm a person of faith, in particular, the Christian faith. And so I do, I think my perspective on life and death comes into play in my music, too. Oh, yeah. What, what, particular, what particular ways would you say that as far as, as, far as that? Well, I think... I'm not particularly looking forward to the process of dying, but I do right. believe that there's more to life than what we see here and now. Sure. You know, if you know anything about the traditional Christian faith, that's what I subscribe to. So I think there's a much broader experience that we will have as people uh, beyond this life. And so if you if you think that this life is all there is, it it's a lot different than if you think about this life as part of a bigger picture. Sure. 
in sure. terms of existence. And I'm trying to keep it fairly yeah. generic because I know right. people have different faith traditions or maybe no faith tradition, right? Sure. So, um, but it's your music though, Bill. And that's, that's the thing. And you, you're expressing, you're expressing, yeah. you, like you said, you know, beliefs and also um, response that, you know, responses to various crises that, that you face in your life and it comes out in your music. And, and also I think by the nature of, by the nature of listening to your music during the pandemic and before it, it was, and, and I'm sure you've got some, some commentary back from, from those of you that, from those that have tuned in, it's just the nature of your music is, has a process to it that is, that does have peace to it. And there is a calming nature to it. And so I think a lot of people turn to that um, unbeknownst to you doing anything necessarily differently, honestly. I mean, you know. Yeah, I have had people write me and mention that a few times this year. Yeah. You know, say thank you, you know, thanks for the music. It's when I listen to your music, it's kind of like my hour of peace for the week. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, so which I like, really, appre- yeah. which I really appreciate hearing. By the way, that's really encouraging to me. Yeah, so it's kind of like you know that thing is like you know if I'm glad you can keep doing with you, what you're doing and please keep doing so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, right. The uh, and and uh, that brings me to another question um, mm-hmm. that I think fits into this. Okay, so um, what are some of your goals? Um, for your music in the future, you talk openly about about getting older and music. I think a lot of people that are younger don't think about what their music life's going to be like when they're twenty years or thirty years older than they are. Right. And and um, you've expressed that. And and can you talk about how you approach that? What do you think about that? And also, what are some of your goals for for your music in in the coming years? Yeah. So as I think about me, so. Um... I'm in the latter part of my career. Um, I've probably mentioned my age elsewhere, but I'll keep that secret here, but it's not too hard to figure out. But uh, so I'm in the latter part of my career. My, my kids are largely grown. I still have a couple at home, but they're college in college and college they're finishing age, sure. up and they won't be around too much longer. Um, sure. The house is paid off now, you know, we've been in the, you know, our house for many, many years and all that good stuff. So I am shifting my thinking from finances a little bit um, as I think about the next several years and kind of finishing up my full-time career. Um, One of my goals for Chords of Orion, in addition to continuing to produce regular YouTube content, share my experience as an artist, and then release music, is to, um, I would like this to generate a little bit more income, enough to be what I would call retirement income. I don't have any illusions that it will ever take the place of my career income, and that's fine. It's not really my goal. The The main goal, the main goal, though, is to keep creating music. That was, that was a, the, the band that I played in, not to hearken back to them too much, but when we first got together, we did approach it from a philosophical point of view. And our goal was to be creative as possible. And the guys, I mentioned one of our collaborators passed away, but the other ones are all still here and we keep in touch. And that is our goal as friends is to keep spurring each other to create. So that really you know, beyond any specific goals, that is the goal. 
um, to create for as long as I'm healthy and I'm able to play and all that good stuff. One of the things I guess also I would say before I shut up on this one is to continue to create creatively. Like I don't want to rehash stuff. I like I had a friend just this past week uh, that I hadn't talked to for a long time say, hey, do you have any recordings from that old band you played in? And I do. I have them all. Um, I have a complete, you know, reel to reel tape library of all the stuff we recorded over 15 years. It's good to have. And it's all digitized, but I'm not going to, I have no plans to do anything big with it because I don't want to look back. I want that to inform me as I move forward. So I want to keep moving forward. And I think to your point of a moment ago about younger players, maybe not thinking about how they would create music sustainably over the course of their life. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing to think about. How, how can I keep doing this? If I'm 25 now, how can I keep doing this when I'm 50? And you obviously don't yep. have specific plans, but to have that in your mind and be, to be thinking about it. I think that's why some musicians burn out is they didn't have a plan. They didn't have a thought. They, they might've gotten chewed up by the old music industry that sure. hopefully will be thoroughly destroyed here in the next few years. That's my hope and prayer. Yeah, and I it's fully replaced by what's going on in the newer version of the industry. But, yeah. but it, you know, but to keep creating and not rehashing yeah and keep moving forward yeah, yeah absolutely yeah i and uh no i think you're right it just commenting on that yeah people don't if if people are are in a band setting they might not know how to keep stay with music outside of that context and and there's ways especially now with the technology whether no matter what style you're doing you know no matter what you're doing song forms or, or right. no song forms um i i wanted to uh to close this is the point part of the uh part of the 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 podcast where i ask you um to please let those listening that have not subscribed to you on youtube or uh, find you music where they can do so oh yeah so we've been talking about youtube so if you go to youtube.com slash chords of orion Orion is spelled the regular way. Of is the regular way. Chords is C-H-O-R-D-S. So Chords of Orion. Or you can just search for Chords of Orion on YouTube and I'll pop up, if not at the very top, near the top. Uh, Chordsoforion.com is my website. Um, It's pretty rudimentary because it's basically just a jumping off point to everywhere else. I'm on band... Bandcamp is Chords of Orion. Uh, my albums are all over the place. Spotify, Apple, yeah. iTunes, Amazon, wherever you are, wherever you stream music, my music is there. So you can find it there too. Yeah, big Bandcamp fan on this show. So yeah, oh, love Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Those of you that are yep. listening to uh, are listening Bandcamp, go there, Chords of Orion Bandcamp. Um, Bill, thank you for your time. It's really an honor to meet you. I, I really appreciate you you doing this. And 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 uh, please, you know, I'd like to invite you back on the show. I, this 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 programs. I, I want to have it as where we can have guests come and 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 uh, come back on the show. And 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 people that are on the show can can send me uh, it, people that they know that might want to be on the show that work in those realms of music. And it just mm-hmm. kind of becomes sort of a for lack of a better word, kind of a community type thing amongst people that share certain, certain, certain philosophies oh, sure. and, and styles of, of creation and music. 
I would be happy to come back on. Once you get me monologuing, I can go for a long time. Hey, podcast. <laughs> hey, podcast coming out of radio. I mean, people that, that are in radio and they do podcasts, they love podcasts because they, right. they don't have to hit the nines all the time. I don't exactly. have to be out at 59 or 29 anymore. Exactly. It's a big, long <laughs> monologue. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's okay. Yeah, well, I, um, I thank you for having me on. This has been great. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I wish you all success in the podcast. I know it's new, but um, I, the first couple have been pretty pretty cool. The, I've listened to portions of a couple of them. It's pretty good. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks again to my guest on this episode of Tones and Drones, Bill Vinsel, also known as Chords of Orion. You can find him on YouTube by searching Chords of Orion, and also he has the Chords of Orion long play. You can search that and find his other channel in which he plays sometimes eight-hour-plus um, extended ambient works for relaxation and for sleep. And also, um, he's doing some uh, live streams on his other channel, too. And would love to have him back on the podcast uh, again to talk, talk some more about his long play channel and some other topics that we touched on uh, in the podcast and also uh, off the air, as they say, too. So um, really um, honored to have him on the show and hope that uh, you enjoyed this episode of the program. We featured some music from his most recent album called Anodyne and also some selections from pieces that he's released on YouTube. And we're going to close with a piece from another album that he released last year called Rumination, a song called Glory Waits. Thank you for listening to Tones and Drones. I'm Jason Miller, host. And remember that uh, this podcast is produced in the studio's of 91.3 FM KVLU. KVLU.org is the station website. And you can now find the podcast on pretty much all the major podcast places, um, Spotify and Apple and Google and several others, and uh, Anchor FM too. So um, please subscribe. And um, if you feel so inclined, uh, leave a review of the show as well. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And remember, may music bring you peace and joy. And join me soon for another episode of Tones and Drones.